This is a Shir on Likutei Sichas, Book 21, the portion of Shmois, the first, first Sicha. And the Pasuk, Vayhi ki yalu hamiyal dotetai lokim vayas lehem batim, says that the Parai wanted all the boys killed at birth. So he told the midwives, whenever you're called to a Jewish home to give birth, to help give birth, kill the boys. But the Mialdais, the midwives, feared Hashem. And because of that, Hashem rewarded them. He made for them, Batim, he made them into homes. What does that mean? So Gemara says, there's an argument between Rav and Shmuel what it means that he gifted them with homes. Doesn't mean he uh, got them a home in Miami and a home in Jerusalem. One says, that he gave them homes. In other words, um, families came from them, households. From their household came Kohuna to be Kohens and Levi to be Levites. Chadomar, one of the other rabbis, Rav or Shmuel, says, Malchut. He created from them households of kingship. The opinion that says that from their descendants were the households that came forth, Kohens and Levis. So that is Aharon and Moshe. Those that say that there was, um, there were from them came kings. David Nami Miriam Kasi. David also comes from Miriam. So the Sifri says. Um, the Sifri, this is the Gemara Masech Tasaita. In the Sifri, remember the Sifri is a Midrashic work, Mishnah time, but it's a work that is that compiles the Halacha from the Torah. In the Sifri it says, Batim elu When it says that they were blessed with households, with prominent households, I wouldn't know what that means. However, there is a verse which is brought in Melachim, Book of Kings, that says, at the end of 20 years, that Shlomo built the two houses. And one of those two houses is Beis Hashem, the house of Hashem, Zukahuna. This refers to Kohanim, because the Beis Amikdash. There's Beis Amelech, Shlomo Amelech finished two homes, the house of Hashem, and Beis Amelech, the house of the king. So we see that the word house in this context is a house for Hashem, Beis Amikdash. That would refer to the house, the fact that Kohanim came from them. And we have Beisamelech, we have the house of the king, which is the palace. That would be to the fact, referring to the fact that the royal lineage of King David came from this family. So that's Yecheved, who was the mother of Moshe and Aaron. She had Kohanim and Levim from her descendants. Miriam, who was the second midwife, the daughter of her mother, Yecheved, she had kingship because she was married to Chur, who was from the tribe of Yehuda. And later on, their descendants became the Davidic lineage. So according to this, we have to understand. Now let's jump and see what Rashi says. So we brought two things. We brought a Talmud, a Talmudic quote and a Sifri quote. So we have to understand why Rashi in our parsha quotes this word that he wants to explain. He says that Hashem rewarded them by making them households, making them batim. And he explains, bate kuhuna, which refers to the houses, households of being a Kohen and being a Levi, 
or malchus and kingship, shakirim, batim, those three kinds of things are called prominent households. How do we know that? Because it says a, a pasuk by Yivan Esbeis Hashem, Esbeis Hamelech, that he built, ostensibly referring to Shlomo, built the house of Hashem and the house of the king. The Kohen and Levi um, origin comes from Yecheved, and kingship comes from Yecheved, and then Rashi finishes off and says, as is to be found in the tractate of Saita in the Gemara. So from the one hand, Rashi brings that this refers to houses of Kahuna and houses of kingship, just like in the Sifri, not like the Gemara, which says, the Gemara brought an argument Rashi combines the argument like the Sifri and says it refers to both. Just there's no two opinions. First, the, the, the one one house is the house of Kohen and Leviness. The other house is the house of kingship, where the Gemara had an argument. He doesn't even bring an argument, Rashi. So you see, he's going in the path of the Sifri. On the other hand, he also brings at the same time he also brings the pasuk that the Sifri brings that Shlomo built the house of Hashem and the house of the king, the palace. The Gemara doesn't bring that verse. So you see clearly he's quoting Sifri, not Gemara. He also says, like in the Sifri, that the Kohen and Leviness came from Yocheved, the kingship came from Miriam. Again, quoting Sifri, not like the Gemara, which doesn't say who the Kohen and Levi uh, origin came from. He just says that it refers to Aaron and Moshe. And it, it says that the ones that say that kingship came from this mother and daughter, well, that would make sense because who, uh, because David also came from Miriam. So in other words, this is a bit technical. Rashi doesn't seem to be quoting Talmud. Yet, and he, has, uh, he doesn't have to. He could be quoting Sifri. But yet when he, when he ends off his, his explanation, he doesn't say, as it says in Sifri, he says, as it says in the Gemara in Mesech Seita. So if he's bringing, if there's two versions of this teaching, and clearly he's not sticking to the Talmudic version, why when he, after he finishes explaining it, he says, as states in the Talmud. You're not quoting the Talmud, it seems to be. A bit of a technical question. Paragraph two. We could explain simply, the first thing that we pointed out, we explained according to the fact that the Mepharshim explained, in the argument of Rav and Shmuel in the Gemara, is really hinged on a previous argument. Who were, were these midwives? There's obviously a duo of midnights, midwives. What are the options? There weren't so many people around that. What are the options? It was either, there's an argument. One says a mother and daughter, which would be Yocheved and her daughter Miriam. But one says a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law, which would be Yocheved, and her daughter-in-law, Aharon's wife, Elisheva. So according to the opinion that it's a daughter-in-law and her mother-in-law, so when we talk about them being blessed, this, this pair, daughter-in-law and mother-in-law, having the household of Kohanim come from them, well, that would make sense. The wife of Aaron, Aaron was the Kohen. And when you talk about the house of Levites coming, that would be from the mother-in-law from Yocheved, because her children were all Le Levites by default. <clears throat> but according to the opinion that it was a mother and daughter duo, Yocheved and Miriam, so that in that instance, it's not just two kinds of households, Kohens and Levies, it's now 
the Kohen and Levi from Yocheved, and the second kind of house, which is coming from Miriam, don't forget, she married a Yehuda individual, so her kids weren't Kohens or Levis. But her kids were blessed with being a household of kings, because she began, from her began the the, the lineage of, of kingship. So since Rashi has already said very clearly that he's of the opinion that in the simple reading of the Pasuk, who's the, the duo of midwives? It's mother and daughter, Yocheved and Miriam. So then it's going to need to be that when we're talking about two kinds of households that come out, it's going to be Yocheved who has a combination of Koyan and Levi, because she has Moshe and Aaron from her, and Miriam, the daughter, from her comes a different kind of household, a household of kingship. She's married to a Chur from the tribe of Yehuda. However, what we have to understand, sorry, she marries a, a Kalev. However, we have to understand the other the other uh, um, questions we asked. And mainly, why does Rashi say, refer back to the Gemara and Mesech Seita? Even though he's bringing the verse that doesn't is that's not brought in the Gemara, it's only brought in Sifri. So this still baffles us. Also, we have to understand paragraph three. What Rashi says, he brings a proof from a verse in Melachim, seems to be, that Shlomo built the house of Hashem and the house of the king. In other words, what we're trying to do by bringing a verse about building the house of Hashem, which is a base of and the house of the king, is trying to show that the word bayit doesn't just mean home. It doesn't just, you know, like I say, build them a, build them a home in Miami, you know, for the winter. A home has to be something prestigious. A home in the Jewish context, a household, what does it refer to? So that's why we bring a verse in Melachim, in the Book of Kings, which refers to the building of a house that Shlomo built two houses, and they were both very um, respectable houses. One is the, the house of Hashem, the Beis Hamikdash. The other is the house of kingship, the palace. And this is therefore meant here when Hashem gave them houses, He gave them households of those that will serve in the house of Hashem, Koyanim, and those that will live in the palace. In other words, the, the house of kingship. So when Rashi brings that verse, first of all, um, what's Rashi bringing a proof? Rashi's bringing a, a, Rashi translates the word batim doesn't actually mean homes. It means households. It means, in other words, uh, um, families of, not the houses of kahuna. There's no how You can't make a house to be a Kohen house. You can't say Kaddish on a dog and you can't make a house a Kohen. So, a house is not a Kohen. The house of a koyin means you have a family that are koyanim, right? So the pasuk that Rashi brings, though, is about building physical houses. So why is he bringing about Shlomo building physical houses when he's trying to really say that this verse is telling us that Hashem blessed them with conceptual houses, with households of koyanim and kingship? It's one question. Number question number two is we find other verses where the concept of bias refers to a household of Kohanim and Levim. Like Tehillim, we say it in Hallel. Beis Aharon, Baruch Hashem, the household of Aaron, the house of Aaron, bless Hashem. We don't mean 
that the physical bricks and mortar of a house that belongs to a man called Aaron should bless Hashem. We mean the household of Kohanim, of Aaron, the Kohen, should bless Hashem. Beis Levi, the household, the family of Levi should bless Hashem. There we obviously know it doesn't mean the house of. It means the household of. The family of. The family of the Kohanim and Levim should bless Hashem. So similarly, when we talk about the household of kingship, um, there's a posse that says, Yasa Hashem Ladeni Bais Neman. Shemuel, Hashem should make for your servant, for, for my master, he's giving him a blessing, Hashem should make for my master a, a, a faithful home. The household of the king, listen up. Listen, house of David. I'm not sure what this passage is saying. I didn't look it up. In other words, it's a household of, not physical house. But here, it means the household of the family of the king, the household of the king. So why does Rashi bring here the verse that he comes to support what does it mean that Hashem made them houses? He's bringing a, a verse that literally means Shlomo HaMelech built the physical structure, the physical house. It seems to be a, a, that verse shouldn't match what he's trying to say here. Also, verse 3, question, point 3, Rashi before us says, Hashem, that Shlomo built the house of Hashem. There's no such Pasuk. The Pasuk that's quoted by Sifri says, Asher bana Shlomo, not Vayiven et, that Shlomo built the two houses, the house of Hashem and the house of the king, the base of Megdash and the palace. There's no place that it says, Vayiven et Beit Hashem. Rashi seems to be concocting a pasuk that doesn't exist. You're going to see the Rebbe's answer is quite ingenious. So, number four. The explanation is like this. What Rashi wants to prove from the verse that it says, regarding King Solomon, that he built the house of Hashem and the house of the king, based on Mikdash, on the palace, it's not the word house. He's not trying to prove that the word house can mean household, that it means household of the Koyanim, Livim. We know that from other verses, like we said. The house of Aaron, bless Hashem. That's a common thing to call the family of something the house of Aaron. I mean, I think even in, in, in modern-day language, uh, the house of the king of... House of Windsor. House of Windsor. It doesn't mean the, the some physical palace of Windsor. It means the family of. So we use it in that context. That's not what Rashi has to bring this verse for. But why does Rashi bring the verse? Because also we have it before. Rashi already has brought um, that bias... In Vayigash, he's already told us that Avodov, Bnei Beisai, we've already referred to servants and the people of his house, the household. And many times in the Torah, that's not, that's not something we have to tell the five-year-old. He knows that already. What does Rashi want to bring from the verse in, in Melachim about the building of the house of Hashem and the, and the palace? Is to tell us that even when it says just houses without denoting what it means... It can mean houses of Koyan and Levi and houses of kingship. Like Rashi says, in that Pasuk, it says that Shlomo, it says, Asher bana Shlomo, habatim. Shlomo built the two houses. It just calls them Habatim, the houses. 
And then it explains it's the house of Hashem, the house of, of the king. In other words, the word habatim on its own can be referring to the prestigious houses of Koyan Levi and kingship. And that's what Rashi is trying to bring from this verse. Comes the Rebbe now and says something eye-opening. We could say that really, our question was <laughs> that Rashi seems to be concocting a verse that doesn't exist. The Rebbe says it's very possible it was a mistake by the editor, what we call the Bocha de Zetzer. How did they used to... Um, how did they used to print things? You had to linotype. You had to take from a manuscript and put. So if the if if the manuscript was a little bit unclear, you had to try and figure it out. The Rebbe said that really the way Rashi read was Habatim et Beit Hashem et Beit The word Habatim was changed by the transcriber to Vayiven. It's a it's a mistake. It shouldn't say Vayiven. It should say habatim. How does that mistake happen? So if you think about it, the um, how would such a mistake creep in? So the, uh, footnote 29 says, after it says that they were called batim, and then the, 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 the Rashi brings <clears throat> the part of the verse that starts, habatim, the word habatim could have been written in, in in shorthand, habait dash dash on top, which is short for habatim. The guy who was transcribing didn't understand. It's not a usual shortening to write hey base habatim. So and batim habatim. So he, um, what did he do? He changed it. So he wrote, um. Instead of the hey, how about him? He, he wrote vav yud because the hey could really be a vav and a yud. The hey is a vav and yud, but if 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 he thought it was uh, connected by accident, and then the streichel, then a base, and then the, the the dash, the dash would be like the the nun, the missing nun. So habatim. So he he, he he thought that could be a, the hay became, he, he mistranscribed. He thought it was supposed to be a vav and a yud. And then the base and the dash, he saw the dash as a, as a, as a nun. So vayiven, instead of habatim. In other words, he, the Rebbe says, must be a, a mistake crept in over here. And what Rashi is trying to tell us that the word batim, stam, when you say households, it can mean the prestigious households of, of Kohen, and kingship, because there in the in the verse about Shleima Melech, the Torah immediately translates the word, the households of, and he says, house, which houses are we talking about? Even though it says house without any without any description, but it actually means the prestigious houses of Hashem's house, the Beis and the king's house. So therefore, we understand that here, where Hashem says in the Torah that He blesses them with households without saying what, it can also mean just like their prestigious households of the palace of Hashem, known as the Kohenus, and the palace of, of the king, kingship. And now we'll understand that um, it's also no problem to say that, um, that there it actually means, we asked you, bringing a verse that there it means an actual house of bricks and mortar. 
That's not an issue because here we weren't trying to prove that the houses here are houses. They're households. Families of Kona Levis. We just try to prove that the batim, the word habatim without description can mean the prestigious houses of Cohen and King. But we do have to understand paragraph 5. What's the imperative in the simple reading to teach it, to learn that it means three, these three kinds of houses, the, the household of being a Koyan, that they're going to start the family of Koyan and Levi and kingship. You could learn that it just means to give them good families. Actually, you could also, no, sorry, I'm misreading that. You could say it means to build homes. You know, having extra homes is pretty good. And there are commentaries that say um, that the Eben Ezra says that Hashem made them hidden homes. They were being searched for. Right? He said that they shouldn't be able to be found. And in this way, Hashem made them uh, and we call them hideaway homes so they should be safe from Paroi. Why can't we say that? Why do we have to say that when it says Hashem rewarded them made them homes, that it means households, that it means he made them prestigious families. Maybe he meant he made them homes. You have a, a safe a safe house, right? So, um, there's two two things here. Why doesn't, why don't we just say it means houses physically? First of all, that two, two things it could have meant. One is that Hashem made them Houses to save them from Pari. B, that taket means households, children. But maybe this was the reward for them not killing the children upon birth. They were helped give birth. They helped uh, the, 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 the mothers give birth in Egypt. Maybe they were blessed with many children. Why does it have to mean by Aslam Batim they were blessed with households? Why does it have to mean specified households of Koyan Levi and kingship? Maybe it just means they were with households of, of multiple children. Which both of these interpretations fit more in the simple reading. First of all, the word batim, if you say it meant that, that Hashem made them houses, literally edifices, is good. <laughs> if you say that it means Hashem made them uh, um, bigger families, also good. Why do you need to go and run to something which seems to be a bit of a, 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 a forced interpretation that the word households here is that Hashem blessed them with extraordinary households? Where do you see that? Why knows Rashi, it could be Medrashic, but Rashi doesn't bring a Medrashic interpretation if he can read simply. So just read simply, they were good people. They didn't kill the, the kids at childbirth. Hashem blessed them either by making them a safe home where they were protected, or Hashem gave them many kids. Number two, it would it would seem that it would make more sense to say that the fact that Hashem made them homes, which is past tense, is that those homes were, had already been created. In the way we're learning, the way Rashi teaches us now, these homes need to be created. Hashem will bring from them in the future... Kohen, the, the line of Kohanim and the line of kingship, where it sounds by Yaslam, Hashem saw that they feared God and he made them in the past. But this is not the past, this is a future tense. So why does Rashi take bring us to a, a interpretation which seems to be non-literal if he could have stick, stuck to a very literal interpretation? There needs to be a reason why he sees an imperative from the very narrative that the way the five-year-old will read it, that you need to be injected here 
some kind of elaborate household that they're blessed with. Kohen, Levi, and kingship. Paragraph 6. So the explanation is, these explanations Rashi negates by the fact that Rashi puts this interpretation in continuation to the earlier words. What are the earlier, the, the, what are the next words? Vayetev Elohim Lamiyaldot. I'm sorry, the, the previous person. It says, Hashem did good to the midwives. Rashi asks, what is the good? The Torah doesn't specify the good. Hashem did something nice for them. Rashi says, that's the next person. What did he do nice to them? He made them homes. Uh, this tells us that not the fact that it says he did good to them is coming to explain and forcing us to learn that the fact that he made them homes is something extraordinary, not just regular. If the Pasuk would just mean that Hashem made them homes to save them, then it would have just said, Hashem saw they feared God and he built them homes. From the fact that the Torah says, and he did good to them, that's not just protecting them. That's something extraordinarily good. There's something beyond what one would expect to happen. Hashem did something nice for them. Similarly, just protecting them, that's not nice. That's decency. That's not something good, extra good he's done for them. Similarly, if you're just going to give them kids, commensurate with the fact that they helped give birth to kids, they're going to have big families. That's not something extraordinary to them. All the Jews were blessed like that. All the Jews were blessed to be extraordinarily fruitful. That's not something special for them. So that's why Rashi learns from the fact that the Torah promises them, that Hashem did good to them. He says that good is being spelled out by Yasla and Batim. He made them households, special households, blessed households of being levies, being koyanim, and being kingship. Not just to add a lot of kids. They had prestigious families. Uh, paragraph 7, in order to emphasize this, Rashi says, go and look in the Mesechta Saita, the tractate Saita. I'm not just telling you where I got it from, because yes, it does say it in the Sifri. I want you to look in the Gemara. Why? Because according to all the interpretations we said, the other commentaries, the reward of making homes for them, if we say it means, if, if we say that Hashem made them homes to protect them, or that Hashem made them a lot of kids, so we understand how it is, Mida Keneged Mida. We understand how it's quid pro quo. It's Hashem saying, you made my kids be born. You didn't kill as midwives. You delivered babies. I need to protect you. You protected the kids. I got to protect you. In other words, you see the, the, um, the commensurate reward. You made them have more kids. I'll make you have more kids. But the way Rashi says that they were blessed with an extraordinary reward of special households, where is the midah keneged midah, the reward corresponding to their deeds? They brought children to life, but they're getting a, a, a blessing, a side blessing that they're getting prestigious families. How does that relate to the same thing that they did? Where's 
where's the uh, the uh, the the um, correspondingness of it? So Rashi says, look in Masechta say to paragraph eight, and you will see that the Gemara there talks about the mission that speaks about the midah in the way a person acts down below. That's the way Hashem meets out and treats him. And the things that the Gemara and the tractate say to enunciate and explain, they include not just the general thing that the person has done, which Hashem rewards him or punishes him, commensurate with what he's done, but even in the details. So now we'll understand that the fact that Hashem gave them special households, households that would give birth to Kohens and Levis and kings, this is actually very much according to the detail of what they did. What did those midwives do? The midwives, not just they helped them give birth, and there should be Jewish families, but through that, they created, they helped the birth of the, of the, of the foundational members of the Jewish people, which from them come the Jews for all of generations. And this is why their reward was they also were the same way they gave birth to, so to speak, the foundational generation of, of the people of Israel. The Jewish people were born in Egypt. They became a nation after they left Egypt, but it's the generation that was born into Egypt that became the nucleus of the Jewish people. Because they established the Jewish people for all times, Hashem gave them a gift that they would establish a certain aspect a certain pedigree, a certain line within the Jewish people that would also be something unique to the end of times. They establish a whole new genre, you say genre, how do you say it? Genre, genre of, of people, a class of people, Levim, Koyanim, and kingship that continues all the way till the end of time, which is not the case in the Sifri, which speaks about Yecheved had the merit that she had, the Kohen come from her, Miriam had the merit that the kingship came from her, so in, in, in the Sifri, it's used to explain a general concept. The Sifri there had said a concept that anybody who brings himself close to Hashem by doing something extraordinary for Hashem, Hashem brings him close as well. But the Sifri doesn't talk about it in being a corresponding, the exact correspondence of the reward to the deed. He just says generally, if you generally bring yourself close to Hashem, anything you do that brings you close to Hashem, Hashem does nice things to you. Also, he doesn't speak about it as in the context of building the entire Jewish nation. And so therefore, it doesn't, he doesn't say there Bate Kahuna, he doesn't call it. But, uh, let's see the lashon of the Sifri. Let me go back. Um, he says, "Zachsa Yocheved Likahuna, or Miriam Lamalchus." Yocheved merited Kohenness, Miriam kingship. He doesn't emphasize that they merited to create the household for all times. <laughs> of kingship and Kohenus. The Sifri is not getting into that detail. Rashi sends you to the Gemara. The Gemara is talking 
in a detailed way. We have to know Hashem treats us the way we treat Him, even in all the details. Yochevet and Miriam created the nucleus and the future for all times of the Jewish people. They were blessed with creating a new kind of division and, and, and a new pedigree within the Jewish people for all times. Kohuna and Malchus. Paragraph 9. We could say that by the by, by Rashi pointing our attention to the Talmud in Masech Saita, there's another question in Rashi that's also answered. What is that? The beginning of the Pasuk is that it was when the midwives feared Hashem. So what does it seem that the reward came for? The reward came because they were fearing of God. But what is the reward? The reward is not fearingness. The reward is, as the Medrash says, Vayetev, that Hashem did good to them. And that's, says the Medrash, is what it says. What's the reward of God-fearingness? Torah. Torah is the reward of fearing God. How, do we, how, do, how does the Medrash derive that? Because Yocheved feared God. That's why she didn't listen to Parai. Who was her son? Moshe. But Moshe, it says, when he was born, it says, Kitav, he was good. And the Torah was given through him. The Torah is called good also. The Torah is called a good purchase for the Jews, a good gift for the Jews. And the Torah is called Amesha's name, as it says in the prophet, remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant. Miriam had Betzalel who came out of her. Betzalel was the architect of the Mishkan. He was full of wisdom. As it says, Hashem says, I will fill him with the spirit of Hashem. And he made the holding place for the Torah. He made the Holy Ark. So what do we see? We see that the, the, the Medrash says the reward for fear of Hashem is goodness, is Torah. Which even in the simple reading of the Pasuk, it would seem that this is more applicable to the verse that when it was that the, the midwives feared Hashem, <clears throat> so what does it say about the Torah? The Torah is given to us to fear Hashem, which is a huge, incredible reward to have a son who embodies Torah. So if so, we don't have to say that when it says in the, in the verse, Vayetev Elikim Lamiyaldais, that Hashem did good to the midwives, uh, that it goes on the Pasuk, as Rashi says, that it goes on the Pasuk that he made them into households. The 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 the, the, the reward is in the very is in the very fear that they had of God. They also had children that created that were, were either Moshe gave the Torah or Betzalel built a home for the Torah, which the Torah is about fearing God. But Rashi says, no, but I want you to look in the in the tractate in Saita. Because this This um, this reward is coming. Um, this reward is coming. Why did they get this reward? Because they established the permanence of the house of Israel. They also get to establish new families that are permanently blessed with pedigree of kayat and kingship till the end of times. Um, this last few paragraphs, I'm sorry I didn't uh, explain what. Paragraph 10. In the Mishnah, and it's it's an interesting topic in the Tractate of Saita, 
that speaks to us about midah keneged midah. Hashem reacts commensurate to the way we act down here. And the Gemara explains it doesn't have to really to do with the feeling of the person. It has to do with what did they do. Shem says, you did this, I'm going to give you something similar in the world of action down below. And we find this in the simple reading of the Pasuk, as Rashi has already brought, the concept of Mida Kineged Mida, that there's quid pro quo. Where does Rashi bring it? It says, they, the generation of the flood, sinned by uncovering an incredible, vast abyss of wickedness. They were punished with the abyss, the waters coming up from the abyss and engulfing them. So we already know that there's a certain correspondingness based on what we do. That's the way Hashem punishes or rewards. And that's why... In the simple reading of the Pasuk, we understand that the great gift that has been given to these midwives is not so much for their God-fearingness. That's a feeling. It's mainly for their action. The Gemara Saita talks mainly about action. They literally were the ones that physically gave birth to the children. They were called by two other names. Yocheved and, and Miriam were called also Shifra. Shifra means to make good. They smoothed out and they bathed and 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 prepared the child after birth. Pua, cooing. It's like cooing. That they they spoke and they cooed to the child. In other words, they literally did actions that took care of birthing and immediately taking care of the children upon birth. They kept the children alive. In other words, they established living living Jewish children, which that was the future. That was the establishment of the Jewish people. And that's what they're getting rewarded for. Not so much. In other words, they're not getting rewarded for their God-fearingness. Yes, if they're getting rewarded for their for the fear for their fear of God, you could say they're rewarded with having a son who gives Torah or a son who's the architect to make the the, the orange that holds Torah. No, we're saying, but they're being blessed here especially don't forget that Moshe doesn't keep the Torah, he gives it to Yeshua so the blessing the true blessing they get here for their act of creating and nurturing bringing the people of Israel into for, into, into being is that they get also new households that emerge from their children to the end of time this is a, a true proper this is a proper reward for their deed of establishing the Jewish, the Jewish nation. Paragraph 11. So here we see how all the aspects of Torah are so exact. Even though the fact that Yechevin and Miriam merited um, to these blessings is really agadic and it's midrashic. But we see that there's a difference in which medrash you take a look at. The way Rashi brings it and from the Gemara and the, or the way the medrash brings it from Sifri. In other words, the, the differences will emerge from the different uh, the different ways that these portions of Torah study. In other words, there's there's the truth of Torah, but the way it's seen from the prism and the lens of pshat or remez, allegory, or, or drush, or sod, or, right? So in the medrash, which is more expounding and agadic, the whole purpose of the medrash is supposed to also be inspirational, to pull the, the heart of person, to get the person inspired, 
supposed to speak to the feeling, supposed to lead to fearing God. So that's why in the Medrash, what's emphasized is the fact that the midwives feared God and didn't listen to Pare. And what did they get as a reward? That through them, through their children, came the aspect that brings awe and reverence of Hashem to us, which is Torah. The Sifri, however, which is mainly a book of Halacha, got to do with action. Halacha is actual behavior. So it talks to us about Miriam and Yochavit being blessed for what they did. What it, what it, for what they did, their deed, they got a factual reality in their families that the house of Kahuna and the house of kingship was established. However, this emphasis that, the, that we talk about their deed, it's not their individual deed. We're talking about the fact that they did good deeds. They generally brought themselves near to Hashem. They did what Hashem wanted. They didn't listen to what Pharaoh wanted without getting into the detail. Rashi, who's the literal re reading, gets into the detail. He says, let's look at what they actually did. Ah, so we see the main thing is not the expounding. The main thing is not the inspiration. The main thing is deed. What was actually done, what was the individual and detailed thing that was done is that they um, established the future of the... This, the deed that they did was to establish the future Jewish people. That's why they get blessed with a, with a blessing that they also have something established within their families that are unique until the end of time within the Jewish people, the house of Kuna, Levia, and the house of kingship. And that's also connected, as Rashi brings, to the two physical homes that we talk about, Shlomo HaMelech building the house of Hashem and the palace, because the main thing that we attribute to Yecheven and Miriam in the world of Pshat, in the world of, act of action, is the fact that they brought Jew Jewish children into the world of reality and kept them alive and, 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 and took care of their early infancy. Okay, so this is wrapping, this is wrapped up basically the, the look at uh, what Rashi is telling us that they did this incredible act of giving birth to the children in Egypt. Hashem gave them a gift. He made them same way they created the future Jewish people. He created within them, within which one of them, Miriam, the future house of kingdom, and uh, Yocheved, the future house of Cain and Levi, they each got a special blessing to be the established to, to establish unique homes from within their immediate family, their descendants. Now we're going to teach ourselves a lesson here. Paragraph 12. From this Rashi, we can take out a very special lesson. <laughs> Seemingly, you could say, no. The fact that um, Moshe gave, the Torah was given through Moshe, it's not really commensurate with what Yocheved did. Because, remember, we said she established the children. She established the future people. So really, her her reward commensurate to her deeds is really the fact that there was a new family established from her. But still, it's a pretty good reward to have a child who's Moshe Rabbeinu. So... Why are we emphasizing that she had homes, households of Kayanim and kingship? Why don't we just say she had a son like Moshe? Isn't that the best thing you could say that she happened to her? So as the Rebbe, we're emphasizing here. No, that the big
bigger reward is that she has a household that emanates from her. What's the biggest nachas, the biggest words for a Yiddish mama, for a Jewish mother, is that she has households of Kohenship and kingship. Not so much that she has one son that's a big scholar, a son who's a big uh, erudite and tailor, sharp, but that there is established homes, homes of kahuna, homes of malchus, Jewish children, children and children, children. Not that she has a son who's a star, but that there are future generations and households of students that help build, continue Jewish homes through sharing with other Jewish children that they should be able to be part of these households of Kohenus and Levia and Malchus. What does that mean spiritually? That even though generally we say the Kohenim and the Levim, they're not the generic Jew. They have to, they're the ones that have to be separated to be always ready to serve Hashem. And the house, the, the, the children, the whole the whole tribe of Levi has to be a, a tribe that's separated to serve in the Beis Amikdash. But the main, the Kohanim are the ones that are even more separated because they have to work in bringing the sacrifices and the incense in the Beis Amikdash. As we know, a coin is not allowed to be defiled to a dead body. He's not allowed to go out in the time of the Beis Amikdash. He can't go out of Israel because Israel has a certain impurity to it. A Levi doesn't have that restriction. What it means is that there's two aspects. There's one aspect of to be like a koyan, in other words, to be somewhat separate from the worldly matters, connection to Hashem, which a levy is allowed to exit Israel. He's allowed to go to a cemetery. So the, in other words, there's an aspect where we have to stay totally uh, ensconced in holiness. Then there's the aspect of the levy behavior where we have we are allowed to go out and we have to go out and that's the avoda of making the world a even if it may be like a cemetery bringing holiness there as well the levi has to be able to operate in that kind of environment and still remain connected to hashem not from staying within but from even while he's without even while he's outside He's able to create the connectedness to Hashem wherever he is. The Levi, however, at the same time that he can go outside where a Kohen can't go, he still has to be connected to the Kohen. It says the Levi has to service the Kohen. He has to service the Kohen who's in the holy place. So we understand that even the Levi also has restrictions. Because the levy is still somewhat attached to the Kohen. So even when he's outside, there's still a, 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 a connection to holiness. Where do we see the total infiltration of unholiness by Kedusha? That's when we talk about kingship. And that's the real nachas that a Jewish mother has. When she can have all kinds of, when she can have children, when she can have, when there's a future Jew, Judaism, which includes those that are more connected and, and, and stay inside the Holy Temple, those that are connected to those that are inside the Temple, but they're outside, and those that are like kings able to rule and reign and bring Hashem's kingship to all aspects of creation. And then when we have this, this combination, this leads us, this creates an ability for us to be able to go out of this exile as it was in Egypt. 
eventually all the forces of Hashem, all the legions of Hashem, the Jewish people went out. Who established those, those children? The midwives. They all went out from Israel. And the, at their head was Moshe. Moshe was like a king. And Aaron was the Kayan. And their tribe was the tribe of Levi. And they all went out with an outstretched arm. So this is the hope also for now that we should continue to build homes, homes that are both at the one, on the one hand connected to the holiness, the other hand able to take a step out near holiness and even go a few steps out and go into the unholiness of the world that still, rather than be succumb to the world, rule in the world and bring Kedusha, bring holiness, the holiness of Hashem there.